If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. In the era of angry and aggressive policing, it is an honorable service to your fellow citizens to video record police officers' interactions with the common people. When I read that, brother, what comes to mind for you? I mean, I think it's first thing I thought was it's not just an era of common policing because what era of common policing have police not yeah. been violent and brutalized black and brown people, you know, yeah. from the start of policing till now. You know, I always try to make a point that I can go back and find every single decade in this country, going back to the 1890s, there's been a riot or protest in this country over police killing or beating an unarmed black man yeah. since 1890. And, you know, sometimes they'll call it the, you know, uh, what do you call it? A riot, you know? Yeah. Like, or, you know, the Tulsa was a riot before a instead, of, instead of massacre, massacre right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what they'll call it. But those riots weren't riots. It was because somebody in that black community got beaten up, got killed by a dirty police officer. And luckily, we now have cameras. We now have cameras. We now have cameras. Welcome to Wow Black. A seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. Archie Welcome Wilson. back, party people. Welcome back. Shit, I, I, you, you went so quick, I wasn't even ready. I was like... <laughs> Oh, read it back, read it back. Family, family, family. I'm going to keep it just like that. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) The lesson in that is sometimes you just ain't prepared. You, me, everybody. Sometimes you just ain't prepared. Just come out the gate hot. That's it. You you just got to roll with it. Sometimes there is no delete button. I love that. That ain't got shit to do with the episode. That's some real shit right there. (laughs) But it's true. For everybody. Listen, family. As I was was researching and, and preparing for this episode... I was thinking about a story I read last year, the year before last. I don't know. With the pandemic, everything seems to kind of run together. But it was about a man named Trevor Lawrence. I remember this story because I remember I kept saying Trevor Noah, and that wasn't the right name. But his name was Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence. And today he is like 60 years old. But when he was 16, he was in line in D.C. at a sandwich shop. just trying to get something to eat. And what happened was two white police officers came up to him and snatched him out the line. They didn't tell him anything. They cuffed him, threw him in the back of a car, and started driving. Now, they drove for 10 or 15 minutes. And in that time frame, he asked questions. What's going on? Why do you have me? Where are you taking me? And the whole time, they said absolutely nothing. And they continued to drive. And he was in an unfamiliar place, unfamiliar territory, spots he had not been before. When the car stopped, the police got out, they grabbed him, still cuffed, and forced him onto the sidewalk where there was a group of people. And they called an old white woman forward and asked her one quick question. Is this the boy that robbed you? Now, one of the things that I think is important is Trevor didn't know the woman. He had never been to the location. He was clueless as to why or how he became the target of the policeman. But the reality is none of that mattered. But you know it did. I know you know it did matter. There was only one thing that mattered, and that was the words that came out of that older white woman's mouth. 
And in this case, Trevor was actually lucky because what the woman said was, no, that's not the boy that robbed me. Now, I told you that story because I've thought so many times that as black folks, it's almost like we need a camera on us 24-7 just to be prepared to prove that we did not do something that we are being charged or accused of doing. We need, we need like our own personal paparazzi at times, and it sucks, but I, I don't know how many times I've thought to myself as I imagine the possible atrocities that could happen to me in my head. Man, it would be nice to have a camera. There are times at home where I've turned on my cameras inside the house to make sure they catch me, like when the cleaning lady's been there, right? Because I, I never want to find myself in a situation where I'm being blamed for something that I had nothing to do with. And I, I told you that Lawrence was 60 now, and that happened when he was 16. So, yeah, it's been a long time. But the behaviors and the actions of police today really have not changed all that much. Honestly, if at all. Right? We still operate every day under the danger of being blamed for something that we did not do or being treated unfairly for something that maybe we did do. Right? Maybe we speeding. You know, we, we do that. Maybe <laughs> we run a red light. We do that. But in all those cases, when we do get pulled over, when we do have to engage with the police, oftentimes we've needed something else on our side above and beyond our word. And, and that's why we're here today. Because our guest today operates from that space. He's thinking ahead about how do we make sure that we maintain our safety when we find ourselves in those moments. Right? We all have a camera on our cell phone today, and we've seen time and time again with that, with that cell phone and that camera, boy, I'm fucking up today, where that camera has saved our life, saved our freedom. And I want to go deeper into that. So I want to introduce our guest today. Our guest is Mbai Jai. Did I say it right? Yep, good. Mbai is the founder of Legal Equalizer. And if you're a fan of this show, you've probably heard about it, read about it. Maybe you even have seen it. But it's an app that helps to keep us safe during our interactions with police. And when his team reached out, man, I was so doggone excited because I've seen many things about this. And honestly, I have been in the market looking for something for my car and something for my home because I'm a bit paranoid now, right? I, I truly am. But Mbai is here to talk to us about legal equalizer, about gun rights, about gun laws, about protection, about safety, about innovation, about technology. So as you listen to today's episode, I want you to, one, understand how we can help to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. But two, I want you to hear the story of an entrepreneur who built something from nothing, the same places that many of us are today. I want you to be inspired by the stories and the lessons that come inside of this episode, and I want you to be blessed by the protection tips. So with that, let's get him on the mic. Brother. Hello, hello. Tell the folks anything I forgot to tell them about. Happy happy to be here. Um, yep, I said, bye, Giles. Born in Gambia, West Africa. Um, my parents made the unfortunate mistake of moving to be Macon, Georgia when I was seven <laughs> years old. So if you don't hear an African accent, Macon, Georgia took that over at a young age. Um, and I've been working at this for the past seven, eight years right now. What am talking about, brother? Now, welcome to Wild Black, bro. Good to be here. Good to be yeah. here. And, and you come from some pretty dope people around here. Brother Dante Carter, friend of the show. Gerald Griggs, Attorney Gerald Griggs, friend of the show, also good brothers you're affiliated with. So we are blessed to have you here, my brother. Art, you want to hit him with that wild black shit? Absolutely, absolutely. So you heard our episode, so you know how it go. But I'm, I'm going to just kind of brief you for all the new listeners out there. Three what questions. Revolt? Right, right. Three questions. Two questions to get you warmed up. And the third question, our signature question, we ask every single guest. Folks love that third one. So you ready to get started? These yep, first two going to be some doozies. Let's boy. go. Let's go. All right. Let's all go. Right. Let's go. So you, you grew up in Macon, Georgia, really, right? Yeah, Macon, mm. Mactown, 478, <laughs> Bibb County. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so first question. I'm going to hit you with one. You gonna, I guess you're going to think back a little bit to going into the kitchen when you was a kid. All right? 
So when you walked into either your grandma's or your mom's kitchen, I want you to name three things that you see that's going to be in everybody black kitchen. Everybody black kitchen. Three things that I see. Mm-hmm. Make huh. Georgia. I Let's know see. you got to be familiar with some of these, brother. What's them uh, old cast iron pots or whatever Bang. my mama had? She mm-hmm. had them. Yep. That you couldn't, if I put in the dishwasher or something, I get yelled at for yeah. that. Yeah. Brother, all you that. got was yelled at? Boy, I done got Oh, yeah, got, got beat up. Yeah. Yep, got that. <laughs> Don't mess with that cast iron. So yep. we got that cast iron there. Rust, she done seized um, in that cast iron? Mm-hmm. You going to rust it and out? You going to mess it up? Oh, I know the kitchen had plenty of rags all over the place because she had to make mm-hmm. sure we had to keep that place clean. You know with that. everything there. Mm-hmm. Some and, of y'all need some more rags. I know y'all kitchens ain't right. And I'll go with the with the off one, not even a cleaning item or anything like that, but... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say... This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And every kitchen I've seen, grandma or mama, they always had a radio because they had to play some kind of music I'm while they that. was in there, whether it was Sunday music or gospel, gospel yep. or Patty LaBelle or something like that. You had to play some music to clean up with as well. So, yeah, that, I, I was waiting for the. The Folgers coffee can with cold grease. Bingo, that's yeah, the one for me. Oh, that's I mean, one. Or yeah. the, yeah. you got the, what's the, the, but the country crock. You know yeah. it. Butter with, thing. With, with anything but butter. Anything with, with, butter. Anything with, with, with no butter, though. Yeah, yeah no butter. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that yeah. we had them, too. Yeah. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's kind of cool all our, all our families got the same shit in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you killed that one, my man. All right. Second question. Name one song black people love that you secretly absolutely hate. Oh, man. Let me think about that. Huh. While well, he thinks, brother, what's uh, yours? And I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Black people do love that song. They do love that. Yeah. And I Half the audience did the Terry Crews move from White Chicks. <laughs> 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 and I should find. What the fuck? What's the name of that song? Hey, bro. Uh, you know a whole oh, lot of that joint, that. though. I, do, man, I, I think it's a thousand song. miles. That's it. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You like song? it, don't you? It's a little catchy. See? See? <laughs> Like, what you I got, mean, brother? I don't even know if it's a song. Like, it's like the most popular young art. Like, I can't get behind anything that NBA Youngboy does whatsoever. Hey, man, I don't know nothing Bro. about him, but I hear he's like I hear the he's, top artist like, on his YouTube. YouTube. Oh, YouTube, his yeah. streams are insane. I think it's, we didn't got, I think we didn't involved into that age. We, we old niggas. But there's some young cats I can listen to and like, yeah. okay, you know, like Lil Baby's not that much older than Youngboy. But young boy, I don't know, and maybe it's I'm not can't even blame on Baton Rouge because I love some Baton Rouge rappers and stuff. You talking about Baton Rouge? Yeah. yeah. I ain't And so, so I couldn't even blame it on that, but it's just I don't even understand the brother's name. That no no hate. It's a but I'm it's glad not for and, and, for, and for me, I don't know. I I also taken a lot of stuff with people's politics and their music sometimes yeah. align with me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, like Kevin Gates. I don't know why, like, I was like, bro, like, I don't know why y'all didn't put him on TV or anything like that. Talk about stuff. Like, what does he have? Like, the man just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Maybe he's like, Kevin I'm getting old. cats, man. He'll say something I think is genius, and then he'll turn around and say so something. I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what? one of those. It is, it's, it's completely polarizing. It's complete like, stupidity what? or, oh, that was oh, just like, oh, he was made profound. Some, yeah, profound, yeah, profound statement there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the next sentence would be absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, third question, signature question. What do you love 
most about Life While Black? Man, that's so much I love. But I think the one thing I love the most is, despite the fact no matter where you are in the world, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, black people, and especially the darker you are, the worse you are treated, we always find a way to make some kind of joy out of any circumstance. Yeah, that's real. Any circumstance, we can find some kind of joy in it. And we know how to persevere through some of these things. And so that's where I always look at, you know, I hate that when people now talk about, you know, we're not our ancestors. We'll put hands on you, blah. And I'm like, you don't, you couldn't put up with half the things our ancestors put up with, right? We have. And so you couldn't be half as strong. So the fact that we can always find joy out of anything, like, it could be the most serious thing in the world. Black folks gonna joke about it. Yeah. We're gonna have some jokes. We're gonna laugh about it. We're gonna crack about it. But it's, I guess it's our way to deal with this hell that we call life. But that's the beautiful thing I feel about being black. It's like, it don't matter. Like, you know, even growing up in Gambia, West Africa, I remember from, I didn't even realize how poor we were, you know? Had no clue I lived in a third world country, right? (laughs) You was loving life. Loving life, just having fun, you know? Grew up playing soccer. I had no clue when I I came here what a real soccer ball was. We used to have to roll newspapers, have the rubber bands, and go out there and play with that stuff. And it was just finding joy in what we had at that point in time. So that's the thing I love the most. They're joy finders, joy seekers, joy designers. I like that. I like that. Overcomers. Yeah. I'm actually a little embarrassed because I I heard all those dope words and I loved them all. But you know what I was thinking about? What? Jambalaya. (laughs) You hungry. I'm hungry as hell Uh, right now. You hungry. And I got I got some shrimp in the in the in the refrigerator thought. Never mind. Sorry about that, people. I'm fat fat boy problems. Mm -hmm. Sorry. The fact that you got jambalaya is is a blessing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to jump into the dope quote, brother. Dope quote, something from religion, science, entertainment, any, any, anything really, pertains to the episode typically from the mouth of someone black, although today I'm not sure who the hell this person is. But the quote was dope, so I used it. I'll read it, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. <clears throat> I actually think he's white, though. In the era of angry and aggressive policing, it is an honorable service to your fellow citizens to video record police officers' interactions with the common people. When I read that, brother, what comes to mind for you? I mean, I think it's first thing I thought was it's not just an era of common policing because what era of common policing have police not yeah. been violent and brutalized black and brown people, you know, from the start of policing till now. You know, I always try to make a point that I can go back and find every single decade in this country, going back to the 1890s, there's been a riot or protest in this country over police killing or beating an unarmed black man. Since 1890, every decade, there's at least been one printed thing of that. It's crazy, so, I've never even thought of I mean, it, I, I, I'm yeah, with you, but I've never it, even it's thought about it Every single one, you know, and I went back like, dang, there's some 1900, 1910, and, you know, sometimes they'll call it the you know, uh, what do you call a riot, you know? Yeah. Like, or, you know, the Tulsa was a riot before a instead, of, instead of massacre, massacre right? Shit, yeah. And that's what they'll call it. But those riots weren't riots. It was because somebody in that black community got beaten up, got killed by a dirty police officer. And luckily, we now have cameras. Yeah. We now have film. And I look at cameras and film as something that's been needed by black people forever. Because yeah. you got to think, when you go back to the civil rights movement, America didn't really change until the world saw them putting hoses on kids. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't change until we had Emmett Till's mother said, we're going to put this picture where everybody can see what happens to us. And we got that shame, and that's when America finally changed. So I think camera work is vital to making that change continue to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 100%. Brother, it's, Mm. it's wild to even think about that, right? I think sometimes we push things that we know far outside of our minds, right? Because, you know, for me, thinking about history, right? We can think about... Rosewood, we can think mm-hmm. about Tulsa, we can think about Oscarville, mm-hmm. Lake Lanier, we can think about um, Lake Martin, we can think about all these places where they came in and destroyed our life and our and our communities and our and our wealth. But brother, it, it, it kind of hit me when you when you said that like every single decade, like that's yeah, that's wild because you know I think we think about it happening 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, maybe even 1930s. We think about it happening in, in the 60s with the civil rights, right? And we think about it happening now. But like the 40s and 50s, like I don't, I don't know that I really think about it. The yep. 80s, they I don't were. know that I really think about it. But wild as hell. You know, because that's exactly it's, it's what— It's always there. That's it's what consistent. I— Consistent. 
And that's what I tell older people. They were like, this is new. And they were George Floyd. They're doing this. I'm like, man, what were the Watts riots in, in 68 about? Yeah. You know, what, what, what were the yeah. Detroit riots about? You know, what were the riots in Miami about 1972? Yeah. yeah. Like, you can start going through these. Trenton, New Jersey. Like, all these. And I'm like, really? yeah, all these were over the same Atlanta. exact thing. Yeah. Atlanta, yeah. They were all over the same exact thing. Over, and, you know, and I over think and the, over. the first time I recognized it was, you know, Rodney King, 92. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I barely was a year, two years in this country. Yeah. And that's like, oh, crap. That's what happens? Yeah. And so it's it's happened. Like, it's not a new phenomenon. Like, this is something yeah. that's happened and we just, we've just dealt with it. Yeah, you know, it's terrifying to think about that. Like, when you, like, the level of risk that we are all exposing ourselves to Every day in and day out. Mm-hmm. day. And when it bubbles up to the point of where it's a riot, that's because the community is getting fed up. Yeah, Meaning yep. that shit is, it, it's, it's mounted to a point where you can't take it no more. Yeah. Yep. So, the riot is only like the visual aspect of something that has been continuously plaguing right. us for years and years, like each little community. So it, it it it's like a the terrifying piece is that that one point is just a point yep. of many points yep. that just it was it's, a tipping point. It's Dr. Yeah. King's favorite f- famous famous quote. You know, riot is the language of the unheard. Yeah. And, you know, so rather than, you know, he said, rather than going and chastising those rioters, I want to ask what conditions led them to want to riot in the first place. Absolutely. That's it. It's it's dope to want to come put the fire out, but we got to ask the questions. Why did the fire start? Right, exactly. I'm with that. I'm with that. Well, brother, I want this episode to be about both you and and the app and how it can protect us. But like I said in the the introduction, I also want this to be a story of an entrepreneur because I want to motivate someone. I want to inspire someone because there's no doubt to me that there is someone listening who's sitting on an innovation that is going to have a significant impact on us tomorrow, and they've been sitting on it for a day, a month, a year, two years. So I want to I wanna, I wanna tell both these stories. I want people to right. walk away and understand how we can be better protected, but I also want them to walk away and be better inspired to go and create something that's going to change the world that we live in today. So I, I really want to start this by kind of opening up the education and making people understand why we're here, why you're even here. And I know we talked about this a little bit in, in the pre-call, but bro, I would love it if you could kick us off with stats and trends of what's happening with Black folks and police. Right. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So when you look at it, you know, to begin with, I'll start with when I started, had this idea. Mm -hmm. And it was funny listening to your episodes, like the same trigger point happened for both of us. And it was Ferguson. Mm -hmm. It was Mike Mm -hmm. Brown. That's literally when I started thinking about this. And for me, previously, my history, I did sales forever. 15 years. I did door-to-door sales. I did corporate sales, retail sales, you name it. But I did about seven years of door-to-door sales in North Carolina, South Carolina, and here in Georgia. Right. And so I've been stopped by the police probably 150, 120 times in my life because there's some of them times I go into some little towns, hey, there's a black man here trying to sell us these Braves tickets, and the police will Damn, come. And right. I've had police literally drive me to the edge of town like, you can't solicit. And once we get over the border, they were like, hey, let me buy them Braves tickets for you. But I've, I, I, I've dealt with, the, you know, all that stuff. And so... South Carolina is wicked for that. Oh, yeah. South Carolina, North Carolina, too. North Jeez. Carolina, too. And parts of Georgia. Like, I you drove all over these three states. Yeah. And I knew these places like the back of my hand. And so, at that point in time, you know, with Mike Brown, what got me to even start with was I would go on Facebook and I would look at what my high school friends would say and what my college friends would say. So, high school, I went to Central High School, Macon, Georgia, predominantly black high school. Mm-hmm. I went to Davidson College in North Carolina, um, Charlotte, complete opposite, 90% white. And so their Facebook, you had the white people asking, what did Mike Brown do to have gotten himself killed? And all my high school friends were like, fam, what did the officer do to escalate the situation? And meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, how come nobody pulled out their cell phone? We had iPhones at this time. We had all kinds of Google phones. Everybody had a camera. So that was the initial point of starting that. 
And then when I started thinking about this app on a daily basis, and what happened was that some of Mike Brown, we also had Eric Garner. Yeah. yeah, you know, we had um, a few more that happened around that time. We had Tamir, Tamir Rice, Rice later on that fall. Yeah, you know, that was that November was Tamir Rice, and what I started getting sick of was a every time it happened, it would always go back to the black person's history as if that had anything to do with why the cop shot them. And I'm like, that didn't have anything to do with that. The cop didn't know that that man was a fellow like that. He yeah. just saw a black man and got panicked and got scared. Yeah. Um, the second thing that um, was always how. It was the black person's fault somehow. And so, I, A, when I first, I wanted to get to show that, you know, one of the things, while black, I don't know a single black friend of mine that has not had that talk with their parents on yeah. what to do when police there. We're the, we're the most yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am when we're stopped by the police, I know. Yep. And I wanted to capture that. And so, fast forward a little bit, I'm still not thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about that, but I'm like, somebody's going to build it. I'm not going to worry about it. Right. Then you start thinking about the Ferguson report started coming out. And that's when I start seeing numbers. And I'm like, oh, Okay, so police pull over black people and white people. They pull over white people at the same time, same rate. They're twice as likely to find contraband on white people, but they're twice as likely to arrest black people for contraband. So what that's letting me know is, oh, they're letting these people go, and they're arresting these people. And so that was my first, like, okay, when you guys use statistics, well, black people more crime, commit more crimes. I'm like, oh, I wonder why. If you're letting these folks off, and I start asking these questions, do you think we smoke weed more than white people? Because the college I went to says, survey says no. Right, so you think, do, do you think we do, 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 do we do more drugs than white people? Survey says no. So all these things, and then when they start to cry, I'm like, do you think we're genetically predisposed to committing crimes more than white people? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Because if that's your thought, then I'm like, now we're getting to how racist you're thinking. Yeah, so I start looking yeah. at that. So then we look at, okay, every single day in this country, 50,000 Americans get pulled over by police. You know, every single year we spend over $6 billion on police, on, on traffic tickets in courts. Damn. And we only contest 5% of those. Damn. Mm. And there's plenty of traffic tickets that I know we've gotten, that I've gotten. Y'all probably done gotten some. We're like, okay, that was a little iffy. That was little, but I'm just going to get here, pay this off. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm just going to pay it off and just keep it moving. Yeah. And so all those stats, when I start looking at that, it was like, okay, we keep using the same thing over and over again. Because every time anything with police happens, it's reform. Let's give them some more money and try to get them to fix. I'm like, they ain't fixing shit. Like, like New York Police Department had so much money, they were buying robot dogs last year. <laughs> Like, I was, yep. just, I was fed up with it. I'm like, okay, now I don't trust any of this. I don't trust the media, so it has to come to us. So when I first had the idea for this app and came, it literally wasn't about starting a business. It wasn't about getting, you know, into tech. It was, fam, if I got pulled over, my mom, I want my girlfriend at that time to know exactly where I'm at, and I want it recorded, so if anything happens to me, they can see that I was the one that was yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You wanted safety and some accountability. And that was all I wanted when yeah. it started. And so to start with, I don't know how to code. I still don't know how to code. So that's the first thing I tell people. And that was one thing that kept me away for a few months. I was like, man, I've worked in all kinds of places. I worked in Apple, all that. I was like, one of my people, Apple, knows somebody knows how to code. Yeah. So I found somebody and I took out every little thing I had in savings at that point in time. I was like, let's at least get a prototype. And the first thing I had was a simple app. It was a black screen with a green dot and a red dot. That was it. The red dot could record. The green dot would send a text with my exact location. Mm. And I was happy. And so at that time, what, what um, year was that? This was twenty. That part came out twenty fifteen. It was oh, March wow. of twenty fifteen was when that first came out. Because yeah, I've been thinking you, about it since twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, you super. Oh yeah, twenty four. So in March of twenty fifteen, we first had that. And then I had a friend from Davidson, which is I always tell people: this is how you treat people, you nice, because you never know what it might come back to you. Yeah, yeah. And so this girl was like, "Hey, I now one of the head chief editors of HuffPost. Can we do an article about your idea and what you're trying to build?" I was like, "Sure." So HuffPost interviews me. I started GoFundMe. And so my godbrother, who I didn't know what he did at this time, because, you know, I'm going to ask my family what you do to make money. Right, you know, right, I'm like, right, right. yeah, Jonathan, you got bread, whatever. So he hits me up like, hey, <laughs> you know, we, we did the GoFundMe, 25000 He was like, if you hit that, I'll match it. 
So we ended up, you know, doing Huff Post between. Most Atlanta story. That first check he got me was a strip club, too. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's Atlanta. <laughs> right there. We had some wings and a check. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I loved it. But, <laughs> but, yes. but, but he matched that, you know, he matched that. So now we had 50K to work where we can like actually build some stuff out. So then I started thinking about my experiences of being pulled over, what things people need, and some of the things that we don't realize. So one of the first things that was vital to me was that we had things that dealt with your basic rights. Because I felt like we as black people give our rights way too much. Yeah. And that, and I think the talk that we get from our parents, trust and listen to police, has yeah. gotten us screwed over way more than it has gotten us actual help. Because what they didn't tell us, police lie to you. Yeah. You yeah. know? They didn't tell you that they will manipulate you to do all these other things yeah. just to get, you know, numbers up, books up, or to put you in harm's way. They're not here for you for the I most don't part. I even knew that. They were just trying yeah. to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to survive. And so that's why I wanted, hey, you should have your first, second, you know, fourth, fifth amendment rights, at least within the app, you know? So if somebody wants to search your car, you should know your rights. The seizure rights, you should know some of these things. So just the bill of rights should be in there. And then, like I said, we had the basic thing in there. So it was like, okay, let's revamp. And that's when I got into the tech space where people were like, well, if you want to try to get in this, you got to do this. Because I didn't know apps, you needed money to keep them updated. You needed money to do all. I had no idea how any of this was. The only thing driving me was I was tired of seeing black folks getting beat up, tired of seeing black folks getting shot, getting tased for no reason. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing is, people were thinking at that time, oh, this app's going to be a phase, it's going to go out. And I'm like, fam, this is going to happen like clockwork. You know, next year, you know, we have more shootings. You know, then you have 2017 was like Sandra Bland. And we have, um, what's my man in South Carolina that was running away? And the guy at first said he had yep. a taser, Walter Scott. You know, so I start thinking about these. And Walter Scott was the first one where I really was like, okay, I really need to hone in on laws. Yeah. Because what pissed me off with that one was he got pulled over for having a broken taillight. And he was worried about when the officer asked him for his license that he would have those missing warrants, you know, the missing child support payments where he would then go back to jail. Yeah. But in South Carolina, the law is, it's legal to have one missing taillight. Mm. It's illegal to have two. Mm. And so I'm like, what if that man had known that? I'd be like, sir, I appreciate you. State law says I'm good. Damn. Am I free to go? I didn't know that. And when I learned that, I was like, damn. What if that man knew that? We wouldn't even got to the point where he had to get his license. It was like, you put me for the taillight? Hey, sir. State law says that I can have one missing one. I'll go get that fixed. It's and illegal to have two of them. And am I free to go? And that would have ended it all. And so those are the kinds of things where I'm like, okay, damn, we still got some stuff. We got to implement some more laws, yeah. more things there. And then we get to like Sandra Bland. And that's my one case where I'm like, if the app was in her hand, I don't think she'd be dead today. Because why? Sandra Bland got pulled out the car for not pulling out her cigarette. That was it. That officer had his ego hurt when she asked him that. Now, I tell people to this day, had she had the app, her mom, her dad, her best friend, girlfriend, brother, sister, cousins, aunt, whoever would have had that video of, of, of that thing before she was even booked in jail, probably. Because she could have sent it as soon as that thing was in, phone over sent, they would have had it. And it would have been on Twitter, it would have been on Facebook, they would have called that just, she wouldn't have been in jail three days. She wouldn't have had the chance or did whatever happened because I still have questions about what happened there, but it wouldn't have even gotten to that point. Enough yeah. of the information would have right. been out. Right, it would have been out. And the, and the mom could have called be like, hold on, that's what you got my daughter in there for? Mm -hmm. And they would have known where it happened and it would have been all over the place. And so those were the things where I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like, I'm keeping my momentum going on these things. And meanwhile, I'm getting accelerators, I'm doing pitch competitions, I'm getting here. But mind you, and this is other thing with people. I've done all of this. So from 2015, 2014 to now, as a tech company, seven, eight years, we've done all of this with less than half a million dollars. So that's bootstrapping it. Yeah. That's literally bootstrapping it. Because A, people didn't believe in it. And I, that was my first question. I first got in tech. I was like, well, if you want to invest, how are you going to monetize? And I'm like, fam, I'm trying to save lives. What are you talking about monetizing? Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, that's not even in my, you know, my brain to monetize. Now, the monetization came funnily because it was after 2016. It didn't come from the police stops. The monetization came from Donald Trump getting elected and me realizing that Buford Highway was having ice raids at 80% more than they had the previous year. Yeah. And realizing that Buford Highway was full of immigrants from all over the world because I had family members who used to live out there. So I knew they had 
African immigrants, Caribbean immigrants, Hispanic immigrants, European immigrants. It, like, it was a big melting pot there. And so I used to go out there and I'd holler and it'd be like every day, hey, this person got, you know, put a detention center for ICE. And we'd ask them what they should, well, the, they just knocked and we'd say, open up the door for police. And what they mm. knew is you couldn't, you didn't have to do that with ICE. They oh, have to have right. a valid warrant. And so I, even at that point, started getting a couple of immigration terms like, hey, if I give these people your number, would they be willing to call you? And they can even pay you over the phone, $100, whatever you want, for them to be like, FaceTime, do a video. Let me see what they showed you, if it's a valid warrant or not. If it's a valid warrant, you have to, if it's not, close your door. Mm, so they can so go. you moved from recording and sending to recording, sending, and rights. And now you're trying to innovate At into... Attorneys. Gotcha. Yeah, and getting attorneys in there. That's because I'm like, the other thing is, you know... Like on demand. On attorney. demand, yeah. Because that's the other issue I felt like is our criminal justice reform and criminal justice minded for us, it's only, and it's always been about once we get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get incarcerated. Yeah. And that's been my After big issue. Fact. It's reactionary. I've been fighting these VCs for years now on that. I'm like, every single company you arrest, you've invested in it's after we've been arrested. So, Stop us so, from getting so, fucking so, arrested. So, so I'm like, but then y'all acknowledge the system is flawed and it's biased towards us. So why are you even allow us to get in the system in the first place? Mm. And that's been my big thing to them. I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm like, I, I appreciate y'all investing in these companies that help incarcerated felons, right? I, <laughs> I, I, I love that y'all invest money in companies that help people once they get out of jail find jobs and rehabilitate. I love you invest in companies that work with public defenders. But what about all this stuff before we even get there? And that's why I wanted the attorney part. I thought it was vital eventually where we can have an app when you now get pulled over, you can have that attorney there to be like, okay, I've heard exactly why. And they tell you to be quiet to begin with. And they can give you rights in real time. Most attorneys tell you to shut up when, when the cops come Absolutely. talk to you. And, so, and they can listen to exactly why you got stopped and give you a real-time consultation. And so what I didn't want to do wow. is... I didn't want Real-time consultation? Real-time consultation. While you getting stopped? While you getting stopped. And so we had the Damn. recording. And I changed the recording in, like, after George Floyd, like, after that, because I finally get fed up. Because, I mean, I spent a year, worst mistake I ever did. One year, I did nothing but watch videos. And it was yeah. mentally just damaging for me. But after George Floyd, I literally, we revamped our entire app. Like, I scrapped the recording. Well, we still have the recording there. But for me, I was fed up. I wanted to do a live stream. And I didn't want to do a live stream through Facebook or through Instagram. Because they control and, that thing. Yeah. And, 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 and especially well, after... Good for cutting some shit. Especially what happened to Corin Gaines in Baltimore in 2018. Because yeah. yeah. Corin Gaines, I remember, the, first of all, Baltimore PD went to a house for, for, for traffic tickets with guns like SWATs. And she was sitting in her house, wouldn't open the door for them. And she had a shotgun in her hand. Her son was sitting there. And she was live streaming the whole time. Nothing happened. The police got Facebook to cut that live stream off. Within 10 minutes, she was shot dead. And her son also got shot. Luckily, he survived. Mm. And so at that moment, I was like, I will never integrate my live stream with Facebook or with any of these other companies because, A, they're owned by a bunch of white people who really don't care about us, we've seen. They, their algorithms, everything has shown that they, you know, don't care about us. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't and, compare, but we've never even been able to run an ad because our, we're, we're deemed political. Yeah, because, so, because and stuff like that. Black. And that things like that, right? Like, because being Black Lives Matter was a political statement. Yep. Like me saying my life is important is a political statement and yep. stuff like that. So we didn't want to build the live stream on that platform after that. And so, you know, it was me talking to my mom. Like, mom, what would a video of me getting shot do for you? She was like, jack shit. She was like, you'd still be dead. You'd be shot. Or a video of me getting beat up, she'd like, still be beat up. So that's when I was like, Corey, let's, let's get to working on building our own live stream. Because then my vision was... You know, if instead of watching these recordings of us, if we get enough of us on this platform, we can have eyewitnesses. We can then, no matter every time you're stopped by the police, when you hit that button with a text message, your loved ones, okay, they've been stopped right here at such and such, you know, in downtown Atlanta. Okay, I know their location. Oh, now here's a next, oh, here's a live stream. Hey, I can see you, you can see me. And all this happens under a minute. So by the time the officer comes to your door, on your phone, they're going to look at those people. And the goal is to now have an attorney in that area that can get a notification like Uber and Lyft drivers. Mm -hmm. They have their own app. I want an attorney to say, hey, cool, this person's been stopped. Here's a notification. You can pick so it up. Geo-targeting. Right, geo-targeting. Because gotcha. I want the attorney to be in that area that knows the laws. And now the Damn attorney pops up, on, pops up on the live screen. So now when the officer comes, hey, I stopped you for, um, for speeding. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, can I search your vehicle? Now the attorney can say, sir, you stopped the speeding. Can you write the ticket? Is he free to go? Mm. And uh, you don't have the same thing? None of that. And for the attorneys, we like I said, we're going to make it where, disclaimer, where if somebody did get arrested, they did get a ticket, they can't sue you. It's not, you know, we're not going to do all that. But we also want the attorneys to be also make it affordable for people. So what we've asked them to do is don't charge y'all's $500 retainer fee or any of that crap. We can't right. afford that. Right. What we want to do is, hey, for a 10-minute phone call, charge us $50. For a 20-minute phone call, charge us $100. It's cheaper than the ticket we're probably going to get right now. And what that means is for you, you're going to still make 300 bucks an hour just to tell people to shut up. Like, yeah. you can little do that. But for us, $50, I can afford. Yeah. $100, I can afford. $500,000 for that in real time, I can't afford. Right. And I've even thought about, and some people can't afford that, so I've even thought about that even more. Like, that's one of the things where now I'm going to go to these corporations and companies that made those promises after George Floyd. Yeah. How many, $2 billion they said they would donate to black companies and black people and solve all this stuff? Now I'm going to say we have a real tangible way you can actually show your help. Give us $100,000. We can show you that $100,000. How many people? So if Cox Communications says, we'll give you $100,000, we can then show every time somebody gets stopped, they don't have to pay for it. Hey, this attorney was provided by Cox Communications right here. Ooh. And we can now go show Cox, here's how many folks in a you year helped you helped directly have an attorney when they needed it. Not when they had to go to court. They, this stopped them from even going to court. Delta, how many folks? This is you. And these folks are going to be like, damn, That's Cox looked out. Man. Delta looked out. Because even that 50 bucks, I think it's not. But I know some of the folks in the hood can't yeah, afford yeah. that 50 bucks. That's yeah. And so even thinking about making it affordable for users, that's why I want to do subscription for us. On a, it's like, cool, 3 to $5 a month for users. Where now you're not spending $10, $15, right? Because I say 3 to $5 a month because we don't get pulled over eight times a year, 20 times a year. I mean, I have gotten pulled over times a year before, but, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but most people don't. So it's like insurance. Yeah. That's among yeah, us. Insurance, yeah. Now, cool. Somebody might get pulled three times this year. You use it, but this person might not get pulled over. Yeah. And now we have that amongst us. So that's the ultimate goal right now in the app form. And then we can discuss my future of what I want. But I think if we get all that stuff done, what it does, it fundamentally changes how police stops work. Because what I want is police to start thinking every single car I pull over, there's going to be some eyewitness and attorney there to watch it. So I better be on my best behavior. Hell yeah. I love that. There's, there are eyewitnesses. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. That's in powerful. Every single car. Live. I love that. So I, and an attorney. That's beautiful. And, 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 fact, and, you and, ain't got to talk at that yep, point. You ain't got to talk. Your attorney talk. And, and, and for people listening, once again, I don't know how to code. I'm not a lawyer. Like this ain't, this is just, I was a fed up brother. That was yeah. it. I was just pissed off. Like I got tired of like, them things affected me in my core. Like yeah. Mike Brown took me to my soul. You know, we Tamir Rice that, took that, me that to my one. soul. Trayvon Martin took me to my soul. Yeah. Sandra Bland, like, all these just affected me. And so I was just fed up. Like, I ain't go to law school. Like, I did mock trial in college, high school. I was going to go to law. I was like, nah, let me do something else. Yeah. But I'm not a lawyer, but I know lawyers like you do. So if you guys, like, that's what I tell people all the time. When people are like, well, I'm like, nah, I'm not inspiration, bro. I just got pissed off. I was like, let me figure it out. Yeah. I can find somebody that can code. Yeah. You can too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can find lawyers that can tell me here's the law in this state, and they can tell me you can too. Yeah, and if, I, I might not be able to do it myself, but I damn sure can find the people right. that we can make it happen with. And, and even if lawyers don't give me the law, I can Google. I Google Georgia state codes yeah. and be like, here's the state code for this. Here's what the gun laws are, marijuana laws. Here's, those are available to us. So, yeah. like, this wasn't anything special I did. It was just I was fed up and I can create something. So that's something, you know, if you're out there have an idea, for me, I'd be killing myself if I didn't even try this app. And that was yeah. what happened. I, I had the idea from this. It was what? Mike Brown was August of 2014. Yeah. I literally have the text message in August where I sent my friends the idea for the app. I didn't do anything until December where I'm like, all right, I'm fed up because every day I would go in the app store like, please, somebody else create this for me. Yeah. Somebody else will create this for me. And We're waiting by, for somebody to come save us. And, and, us. and nobody saved us. And so by the time, time I was like, all right, let me, get, let me get to me. Yeah. Dude, I love that story. One thing I want to do for the listeners is I want to provide a little clarity on the app now, how they can get it, what functionality it has today, and what does your pipeline for innovation look like? Yep. So they'll understand what they get today and what they'll get tomorrow. So the app now, what it has in the functionality, A, it allows you to send that text message 
for if you've been stopped by police, we've added immigration stops on there. We have, if you have kids in school, we had an active shooter button in there. Mm. So now your kids can literally hit a button that says, mom, dad, is active shooting, call 911 with their location of where they are in school. And then we also have one for domestic violence, which I'll, you know, I got that from actually speaking with girls in Spelman. Yeah. You know, and literally it's one where if you're being, you know, in a domestic situation, sexual assault, you can hit the button silently on the app and it'll let your friends know I'm in a, I'm in a domestic assault situation. If you don't hear from me in the next minute, Call 911, here's my location. So it has all those text messages that work. And the location works like a charm. Like, it hits you where you are. And also sends them a Google Maps pinpoint so they can hit it and go to where they need to go. The app also has your rights. So we have laws in there. Like I said, the Bill of Rights, federal laws. But we also have laws for all 50 states. So we have gun laws. Does we it have, know which state to pull up? Yeah, or is that part of the registration the, process? Um, it has them all in a thing. That's the next update where okay. we want to do, like, state. Because eventually I want it where... You can go state by state and it will adjust by that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we have all, we have gun laws for all 50 states. We have marijuana laws. We have DUI laws, reckless driving laws for I all 50 states. Because, like, uh, not, not to cut you off, it's, it is difficult if you don't know exactly what to go search on Google to make sure you get to a credible place for the laws. Please And, and so, that, so that was one of the things where I wanted people to know exactly what their rights and their laws were within the app. Right. So that's still in the app, works great. The recording, if you choose to record, that still functions well. The recording, all the videos actually save within the app in my video section. Mm -hmm. And we have where you can upload it to your cloud. Mm -hmm. And we also back it up on a back-end server in case anything happened. But even the way we did it where it saves to the app is, okay, we've seen it now where, all right, let's say you had the recording, the police get your phone and destroy it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. When you get out, you can get my phone, download, log in on my app. And in your user profile, there's your video. We so we still have the video there. So that works. And what now works is also a live stream. So it sends them a live stream link where now those people will see the notifications, such and such is live. Right. And now your family members can pop up and you'll see them on the screen where you can hear them. They can hear exactly why you got stopped in real time. Nice. So all of that stuff works currently. Now our pipeline in the next three to six months, if we get the funding, which we think we're going to get, is in the next three to six months, we're going to build an app out for the attorneys. So I've had great conversations with the president of the National Bar Association, Carlos Moore. Mm -hmm. And so he has the idea where I'm like, y'all have 70,000 attorneys. I don't care if we don't get, if we got 10,000 of them, that'd be right. great. And I've asked them also what I would like is if we get them attorneys for the first three to six months, I'm going to have them on the app completely free. They don't have to right. pay me anything. I just want them to give us one free pro bono call. And now I can say we have 10,000 attorneys, each willing to give us a free pro bono call. You've been yeah. stopped by the police. We're now can get us to go on that. So the goal is in the next three to six months to be able to have that attorney side built out, where now when you are pulled over, you can quickly find an attorney, pay them that 50 bucks, and they're right there on there as well. And so that's the goal next six months to have that part built out and working and have that connection all good to go. Now, the ultimate goal in the next year and a half to two years is I want to build an on-star for all police stops. Mm. And why I say that? Because every single car now, in the that's new car, it doesn't matter if it's a, a Geo Metro to a Kia to a Mercedes, they all have a middle screen. Yep. So what I want is for now, let's take it out of the phone, just integrate it into the car. Mm. Where now when the cop comes and look at your screen, there's your people right there on the screen watching them like it's TV. Waving, we see you. And then there's the attorney right there like it's TV. And then when he tells you why he got stopped, that ordinance pops up right there as well. And all of being live and recording. And now, what you can tell, no matter where you are in the country, if you get stopped by any officer at that time, you're going to have people that care about you as eyewitnesses there and an attorney from that area as an eyewitness there that can record it and have it live as well. And that is, like I said, what will fundamentally make every police officer think twice about what they do when they pull somebody over. Mm. And for them, it's a lot safer too. I've told every officer, if you're doing your job, you shouldn't mind this at all. Right. You, should, you should be like, right. oh, good. This shows me doing what I'm supposed to do, protecting the community, right. and, serving and the community. And you're safe. safer. Like I told them all. if you pull, you, you on, you, you, and you're on camera you too. too. And like I tell them, you think somebody's more likely to shoot you if their mama watching or not? Right. And they were and like, an yeah, attorney. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, that makes sense. So that's the ultimate goal is then, you know, I can go to these car companies like, look, if y'all, the, the product will sell itself. You can go to any black family in America and say, Another $2,000 on top of this car, you had this feature where if you get stopped anywhere, we, we got you. We I'm got buy, your back. I'm buying the shit out you, of that. you buying that. You buying that for your kids. You know, whatever, whatever version of your kids going to high school, college. Hey, son, here's the car you in. Here's why. 
because I can now see. And then even with insurance companies now, we can have that. And yeah. so that's, so, and you know, the vision, and even for older cars, I've thought about that. So the vision now, okay, if we build all that out, have that, older cars, let's build our own dash cam now. You can then build a way you can stand there where you can have that same experience. Yeah. But that's the ultimate goal. And that's the one thing that I know will stop or change police stops itself. Like there are other aspects of policing that we need to address, right, right, but the stop right. part of it, that will fundamentally change most of it. When is the technology coming out like on Avengers when like I want my attorney to pop up like in the seat next? I want this motherfucker to visualize in the seat next to me. Right, look uh, at the motherfucker. It's, it's, I mean, it's probably there. Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, there's so much technology I would like, like I said, if we got the, there's so much technology I would add in if we had the funding. Oh, yeah. Like we've like thought Tupac performed. Like, like we've had stuff like uh we we wanted to put up heat maps where where we can go and look and say, hey Corey, you know, we see you're driving through um to, through Roswell. Last week, Roswell PD pulled over 452 people in this area. Slow down. Things like that Boy, where you can start seeing dope. you can start seeing things because we have start those resources. Data, yeah. We yeah. have resources. And that data set exists. And, yeah, and, yeah. Even with, and, and even within the app, another thing I want to expand. So in the current app, we even have this now. We have to make, it doesn't work yet, but we're working, but it's there as a one of the features that should be there. We have a place where if you got a ticket, you can take a picture of your ticket mm-hmm. and we're going to let you know your court date or when to pay that ticket off by. Mm. And so that means you're not driving around with a bench warrant because you missed the court date. Now, that helps the user. But the reason I want to implement that for us as a company, that could fundamentally also change how data is used because people don't think about what's all in the ticket. So if we got those tickets, what does that ticket give us? It gives us your name, your age, your gender, your race. It gives us where you got pulled over, what you got pulled over for, what time you got pulled over, and the officer that pulled you over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now in six months, I can go to APD and say, Officer Smith pulled over 68 people in the past four months. Out of them 68, based on his tickets now, it says 54 of them were black men ages 18 to 23. Mm. Mm. Out of them 54, he said that 42 of them had a broken taillight. You think there's 42 broken taillights in this intersection? Or is he profiling black men to try to get something else? Hell you yeah, can do I that. I love using and, data for some and, and, then, and then with the people, if we get even further, if you go to court, now we can ask you, who's your prosecutor? Who's your judge? What did the prosecutor offer you? What did your judge send us you to? And guess what? Those folks get elected for mm. the most part. So now, four to six years, I can go to people like, hey, this prosecutor had this many white folks, this many black people coming for the same crime. He offered the white people probation, black people three years in jail. Okay. Why is that? This judge had the same thing. He sentenced this man this much, this much. Why is that? And now we can start using data against those people that affect us as well because they're, the they're also part of the system mm. too. So we just focus on police, but the judges and the prosecutors, they're all in the cartel as well. And so that's, that's comprehensive, bro. So that's like that. the eventual thing where, like I said, when I get done, I'm moving from America because they're gonna kill my black ass. Cause I'm, oh, I'm, they, cause, they cause, coming. Because that's what I, I want to disrupt that so badly where they have to show every single thing they do to black people and account for it and make it legal and justified. And before I right. get, I gotta leave because they they're gonna get me before I get all that built out. But. Uh, that's the goal. That is the absolute goal is to build all uh, of that stuff I, out. I love that, man. That's, it's it's that's, like we went from yeah. car facts to racist facts. We get y'all asses. Yeah. And, and, and racist facts to, like, tied to racist people. Yeah. And racist decision yep. making. Based on real day data. Damn. Real data. And, 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 you know, and we think about... And all that's public. That's public. That's yeah. public stuff. Yeah. Public, right. And, and we think that, about... data sets. What was it? 0809, where the FBI warned about white supremacists infiltrating police departments, mm-hmm. and we didn't do anything about it. We look at they when, warned that it had been happening, that had been a plan yep. for years, and, and they were already there. January 6th, how many police officers were there as insurrectionists? So we see a lot of stuff, and I remember it was even the craziest thing. So I remember in the the one shooting, they tried to blame the Black Lives Matter, the, the Dallas shooting, where those officers got killed. Mm-hmm. It was five of them shot officers. One of them got killed, had a white supremacist tattoo on his arm. And I'm like, dang, he shot five random officers and 20% out of one out of five is a white, has white supremacists like, tattooed on his skin. And so these are some of the things that, you know, we just, we, we, we have to be, you know, vigilant about because yeah. they're they there. And I, I know our listeners have to be excited and compelled by what, what you're talking about. So quickly, how do they get the app? So the app is available on the App Store, Apple, um, and Google Play Store. Um, it's a free download, um, and all that stuff right now is free. 
So I'm not charging people anything to, until we have attorneys and some of that is built. Yeah. And even then, like I said, that's going to be 3 to $5 yeah. that you pay a month, right? Yeah. So a cup of coffee a month, you'll be, if you got stopped, you'll make sure we can have an attorney for you on there. Three-fourths of a cup of Starbucks. But, that shit is crazy. But, but yeah, so it's a free app. You can download it on, you know, any one of those places. So right now, free app, Apple Store, Google, Google Play. Play Store. You have the live streaming Recording backed up in the cloud. The, the text uh, message and text the laws. Message, laws and location. Right. Yeah. Yep. All of that's there. Hey, I'm going to ask all the listeners right now go on and go download it. Hey, stop now. Legal and, Equalizer. And Legal Equalizer. I'm getting it right now. Dude, I fucking, I, I fucking love that. So, one of the things that you talked about was the innovation, the pipeline you have coming up, but you also mentioned funding. Yep. How can people help, bro? How, how, can, how can we help? How, how can um, Yeah, if you guys have any angel investors, I mean, we're in, that's kind of why I moved back to Atlanta. We're in a place where black money is here. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, I'm doing a I round saw like right $5 now. $5 in Art's truck when, <laughs> when I was walking up there. <laughs> but we got a, I'm doing a, I'm raising a round right now currently. We just did a, like a GoFundMe to close, which I might do a, not a GoFundMe, a WeFunder. Right. Which which got people, you know, invest, you know, for as low as $100, which we might open up another round, though. But we have um, one that I just started um, that we're going to raise half a million dollars because— I, And some people are like, how, how come so low? I'm like, fam, if I've only raised that in seven years, I even felt crazy asking for that, even though I shouldn't. Because right. that's kind of what I tell the VCs now. I was like, I'm your ideal founder. I'm like, I'm like I've built this. I've got more users than I've had money. Right, <laughs> like and you I know, you know, proof of, of concept. Right, already. and I've I've got all this. It's just getting us the opportunity. Like we've never had opportunity in seven years to have a full time team. I've never had my code where I'm like, Corey, quit your job and come focus on this. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine what we could build yeah. if y'all gave us a year, eighteen months. And so, if you guys, any angel investors, if you know any like venture capital funds, any even uh, grant programs, pitch competitions, yeah. um, you can, you know, reach out to me. Um, we can leave my email here. Yeah, yeah. It's um, by at M-B-Y-E, that's my first name, at LegalEqualizer.com. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, listeners, he's, he's giving contact. The episode ain't over yet. We, we just go right. through it because I want you to get this information just, just right do that. now. But, but yeah, so you can contact me through some of that stuff. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Brother, I, man, oh, yeah. I, I you love committed, man. You, what you, you doing. Yeah, man. you've yeah. got an option in here where you can log in anonymously. Oh, yeah, we want to do everything where people can, like, and, you know, and also the data part of it is important to me. Yeah. So on this, we're done, we, we, our, your data is not going to be just ours or willy-nilly all that. We want to make sure users give us permission for anything. Right. So if we even have a video or something, I'm going to go ask. That's kind of, that's funny. That's even why I haven't even used videos on, like, news reports. Right. Because I go back and ask the users. Like, we have them. Like, Cora was like, we could do this. This was a good one. And I'm like, no, I haven't asked this man's permission. Why would I have him there? And so I'm, I also, that, I'm also very cognizant of that, of keeping your data, keeping that safety there, and keeping that. Because, you know, one thing we know is that there are a lot of companies here who claim to be for us, and they take data and use that data to just do exact direct harm to us. Absolutely. And that's what I don't want to happen with us as well. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the oh, yeah. things one of the things that you talked about before when we met earlier was what you wanted to make sure people took away from this episode. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right, when they listened to this, I think there were three things. I wanted to make sure that we were, let me back up. This information is so critically important. I don't want to leave it to chance that people interpret and get what you intended for them to get from this. So I want to take this opportunity and have you talk directly to our listeners and tell them exactly what they should be taking from this episode. So I want uh, three things here. One is that Policing has not improved. And I know two years ago during George Floyd, it was all over the TV all the time. And we don't see it as much now. And people think it's gone down. But since George Floyd, they've had more deaths every single year. 1,200 at least every single year have been killed by police. And at least 1,100 have been killed by police every single year since since I started. It's 2014. And so we see the beatings. We see all of that stuff. That has not gone down. And so what I want the point for us is that we have to quit trusting others to do for us. We've spent over a century, since the advent of policing, asking them to reform. They haven't reformed. They're not going to reform. 
Like, it's too much of that for themselves. So if we're fed up, we as a community can protect ourselves. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I built my app out, where I wanted the community. That's The whole idea was your community can protect you. So that was the first thing. The second thing is if you're fed up, you can do something. Yeah. Like, you don't have to sit on your hands and just keep being fed up, keep being mad. Like, there are tangible things, and everybody has the role they can play. Yeah. Like, everybody has a role. So even this whole app, I would have never had this built if I couldn't find people to code it, if I didn't find these other things. Yeah. Right? So it could have just been an idea, but other people had roles that they had to play in here to get this built up. And the third thing is, it's better to try something and fail than to not even try at all. Yeah. And so that was the big thing driving me here was, man, I didn't know how to start a company, build an app, incorporate, none of that stuff. None of the legal stuff. You was, I didn't know any of that stuff. But it just kept on gnawing at me. What's going to happen if you don't build this thing out, man? What's going to happen? You keep watching these video after video and you don't build this thing out. And so that's literally what got me going was, okay, I was like, I was fed up and it was like, I don't want to be 60 years old, 70 years old. And kind of like I tell my mom, like, you know, I was like, mom, I respect all the work you've done as an activist, all that, but you had your chance in the Watts riots in 68. Yeah. You had your chance in, you know, in the LA riots in 90. You had those chances and y'all didn't do anything at that time, Right. I'm like, I like, I was like, that's our turn now. I was like, I'm fed up. And I'm like, and I respect, well, not, I'm not going to say I didn't do anything. I was like, y'all tried things and those methods didn't work as effectively. And now we have technology, other things we can do. So it's like, just try. Like, if you guys have an idea, do not be afraid. Like, I honestly think that a black person is going to create the next Facebook, the next Twitter, the next big thing. We just have to invest in them. We have to give them a chance. Like, we have to have black people have the same ability to fail like Adam Newman, the WeWorks guy did. Yeah. You know, he failed and just got $350 million check on his new company. You know, like, that's what we have to give us chances to. Like I tell you, once this company becomes, and I know for a fact, I tell them, I look in the eye, it's a unicorn. Yeah. Once this company gets built, it's a billion-dollar company. I was like, I'm going back and investing nothing but in the hood. Them water boys that y'all see that you complain about, they're entrepreneurs at heart, invest in them. Amen. Like, give them some money, and one of them's going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, the next Jack, right? We just don't invest in ourselves, and black people have the same mentality amongst us as well. Like, we try to look at us and invest from a white mindset and do all, no, believe in us. We build for us. We take care of us, and if we do that as a people, I promise you we're going to move so much further along. Mm. That's the episode introduction right there, brother. Yeah. Whew. That's what's up, bro. You mm. passionate about this. I love it, man. I love that energy, baby. That energy. Bruh. And it's such important work. Man. Such important work. Like I, the, the, It's not just one, like, a one-dimensional app that is designed in a way that's, that's linear as it relates to the thought process of the problem that we have. Right. It's a scalable idea, thought process that is actually rooted and has nothing to do with capitalism at all. Is rooted in social justice work. And, and that's a beautiful thing, man. And it, it has many applications. It ain't just one, one, it's it it's so many ways you can take and make the world a better place through that app. I love it. Man. I love it. Is there anything that you wish your app did right now that you don't even have the ability to fathom yet? I don't have the ability to fathom yet. Um, oh, it's a funny joke I had all the time running, but if I could do anything with this app, it would be the ability that when the police pull black people over, they would see a cute little white baby. <laughs> It'd be some kind of AR or augmented reality where it just, it could be a six, it could be Warren Sab, it could be Aaron Donald, it could be LeBron. They're just going to see a cute little white baby. And that's and that, that, was, that was something like that. Just, just, just something like that. That was, that was something I was like, man, if I could do something like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's different, like, technologies that are going to exist. Like you said, yeah. something like, you know, the Star Trek where you can beam up, the, you know, an attorney or have the hologram yeah. right there, something like yeah. that. Um, there's definitely some of that stuff that's probably going to be there. And then figuring out what happens when this whole Web3 gets built yeah. out and, you know, integrating into some of that stuff. Because I feel like that's, we're seeing the second coming of the dot-com, the dot-com era with yeah. the Web3 stuff now, I so... Agree. 
Brother, last question for you, or unless you got something else you want to add. Do you expect to see the change that we need in our lifetime? I actually do. And reason being is because I think kids today have a lot less patience than our parents, our grandparents, and even our generation. I think kids today get, and the thing is, kids today can see that more often. So I remember when I went out to the few marches during George Floyd, talking to those kids about why they were out there, I realized at that time, oh, these kids were Trayvon's age when he died. And that's what got them radicalized at that age. You know, I wasn't like that, you know. For me, it was when I got into college and I saw Amadou Giallo got shot 51 times, you know. And, you know, like the NYPD stuff, that's when I got it. But kids now at a younger age, they kind of get it. And we have the technology as well right now. Like, that's the thing. It's just, if we can build out the technology, we have resources we've never had before to show that. So I'm cautiously optimistic. And I see the pushback. Like, you see the pushback, and it's wild, you know, from the, you know, the critical race theory and woke and all that. That That's all part of the pushback. And that's all part of, I think, white Americans seeing this as their last generation where they're going to be the majority. Because in a few years, you know, they're going to have Latinos and black people, minorities, they're going to be the minority. And so I... It's already happened in most of our major cities. Right. So I'm hoping that because of that and because of the improved technology that we will actually see some major legitimate change in our lifetime. Man, I fucking love that. Man, I'm a fan, brother. I'm I'm honored to, to meet you, to connect with you. I know we're going to do some building in the future. I think what you have created in your mind and turned into a functional, tactical thing is is powerful. I can't wait to see the roadmap and the pipeline come to be. I think this is the kind of thing that probably already has and will definitely do more life-saving, right? And I love your perspective on how do we stay out of the system, right? Because we know how fucked up the system is. Ben Crump talked about it a lot, how fucked up the system is. Let's keep us out of it. Man, I'm a fan. And I appreciate, I appreciate you being here, brother. No, I appreciate um, what you guys are doing here, too. I one mean, last thing. Let's tell them again. They're used to it being at the end of the episode. Tell them how they can get in contact with you, how they can find you, how they can support you, how they can find Legal Equalizer, and even how they can throw some dollars and some funding your way. Right. So, um, once again, so our website is LegalEqualizer.com. Mm-hmm. So, pretty simple. And then my email is by M. B-Y-E, so M as in Mary, B as in boy, Y as in yellow, E as in elephant, at LegalEqualizer.com. Um, you can email me there. Um, you can find me on Facebook. We have a Facebook page as well. Um, we have an IG page, Legal underscore Equalizer underscore app. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Twitter um, as well. You can find me there. Um, All the socials. So, yeah, we also have support at Legal Equalizer. You can hit me on there as well. So, just all of that and then download the app, Apple Play Store, um, Apple Store, Google Play Store, awesome. um, and free app. Hey, we appreciate you. Uh, Wild appreciate Black, it. peace. We out. Love you. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.